But that was not Father Greeley's primary life. That was just kind of the fun he had in writing the novels. What he really was serious about was being a professor of sociology at the University of Chicago. He had a PhD, he was a full professor, and he taught there for many, many years. A scholarly pursuit, author of dozens and dozens of books and articles in the world of sociology. But one time about 20 years ago, Father Greeley got several of his PhD candidates together to do a special research project. The purpose of the research project, he thought, was to figure out how each denomination had spiritual experiences. In other words, he wanted to divide the American denominations into groups and study how each particular denomination had experiences of the spirit, life-changing moments. Well, he did the research and, of course, thought all along that the Roman Catholic Church would lead the pack in having spiritual experiences. And he was very disappointed to discover that that was not true. As a matter of fact, he was also disappointed to discover that the Pentecostals were not at the top of the list. He naturally expected they would be. And then he was overwhelmed and shocked when all the information was gathered, collated, and studied. The denomination in America that had the most religious change, life-changing religious experiences, the Episcopalians. But added to that was the fact that the Episcopalians were the least likely of all the denominations to ever even mention it. As a matter of fact, one of the women they were interviewing, she said she was an Episcopalian, active in the church, and she'd had a profound religious experience for which it's changed her life. And the interviewer said, have you ever told anyone? She said, never told a soul. And the woman said, but by the way, in this interview, you said your brother was an Episcopal priest. And she said, yes, he is. Well, did you tell him? She'd be the, he'd be the last person I'd tell. <laughs> Episcopalians more religious experiences than any other faith group in the country. If Father Greeley's right, and I suppose his research is, right here, right here, today, in this congregation, there are a number of you who have had such an experience Some of you have never told anybody. Some of you have. 
Jesus had such an experience. Remember, he went up on the mount with his two best friends, three best friends, Peter, James, and John. And something happened. He, they called it the transfiguration. It's that Jesus changed in their sight, and it changed their lives, changed Jesus' life in their lives. And as they left and came down the mountain, Jesus said, don't tell a soul. You know, there's something about a transforming experience with the Spirit that is so real, so powerful, so important that to expose it, to talk about it, to share it, almost ruins it because you can't quite describe it. You can't really, you can't really in words make it both memorable and manageable for another person. So we tend not to talk about them. We tend not to share them because they are so profoundly important. The culture doesn't help us have those experiences. It used to. When I was a kid growing up in a little town in western North Carolina, we had two picture shows, that's what we called them in those days, picture shows. We had two picture shows, the Strand and the Colonial. It was about the only thing to do in Canton, North Carolina, was go to the picture show. So they were very important. We went to the Strand one day, and the next day we go to the Colonial, back and forth. Except on Sunday. Never went to the picture show on Sunday because the picture show was closed on Sunday. But not only was the picture show closed on Sunday, so was the drugstore, so was the filling station, so was the grocery store. Everything was closed on Sunday, so it helped us, supposedly, in our journey in the spirit. Because if you couldn't go to the picture show, you pretty near had to go to church, because that's about all there was. Not only did that happen in the Blue Laws in Canton, North Carolina, when I was in New York City, a rector of Trinity Wall Street, that church is 300 plus years old, has a vast archives, huge, two full-time archivists. One day she called me on the phone upstairs in my office and she said, if you've got time, please come downstairs. I have something that I want to show you. Well, I got on the elevator and rode down to the archivist's room and went into a conference room, and there on a big table spread out five newspapers. She had pulled them out of the archives and wanted me to see them because they were five New York newspapers, and every one of those New York newspapers had in it 
published on Monday the complete text of the sermon preached in Trinity's pulpit the day before. The complete text of a sermon in the secular press in New York City. They were trying to help us with our spiritual journey. The whole culture was doing all kinds of things to help you and me on this spirit. That's gone. Can you imagine? It's almost laughable, isn't it, that a downtown parish would have one of its sermons published in a commercial paper today. You see, we're on our own when it comes to the spiritual journey today. We're getting no help from the culture. The dominant culture doesn't care about that anymore. The dominant culture, as a matter of fact, has changed the language for us, so it's no longer in a Christmas card, Merry Christmas, it's Happy Holidays. It's no longer the Easter break we're about to have, it's spring break. No, the dominant culture is now, no longer is it a blessing, it's luck. You were really lucky then, honey. You were really, it was fortunate you were there at the right place at the right time. No, it's, it's up to you and me now to, to capture what happens to us in our own way because the culture is not going to be encouraging that kind of thinking or even, even that kind of language. I was invited to speak to a small church few months ago as I left the pulpit and walked to the door I greeted the people and there was one man strangely and I sort of stood by me and he said I want to say something to you so after everyone else had left this one man turned to me and introduced himself and he said I don't go to this church, I'm just here on business, and I came to church today, but I just feel moved to tell you about my home church. And then he told me where it was, and to be honest, I've totally forgotten. But here's what he said. He said, in this little church where I now go, on Sunday morning, about half hour before church starts, some of us meet in a circle in chairs in a Sunday school room right before church. He said, we all sit quietly until finally somebody, somebody in the room starts off and says, during this past week, I want to tell you 
a moment when I was kissed by God. That got my attention. Kissed by God. I'd never heard that before. And then I said, tell me some more. He said, well, what we do is we sit around and each person is given about a minute to just say, this particular time during the week, I felt I was, and then that's the expression they all use, kissed by God. He said, we don't use the word luck anymore. We don't use the word I was at the right place at the right time. He said, we say kissed by God. It got my attention so much that I'm sharing it with you today. Because you see that word kiss is still a very powerful and potent word for you and me. It hasn't lost any of its power in our lives. And to equate the power of the word kiss with the presence of the holy presence of God truly emphasizes a transcendent moment worthy of being recognized and held up and praised. He said, you can't imagine what the peace is like now when you're passing to peace in the church. He said, we get up and leave our pew and go over and shake hands with somebody who 20 minutes ago told them about a time she was kissed by God. He said, oh, the smiles on our faces with each other as we shake hands and say, the peace be with you. And oh, we know that during the week, the peace of the Lord was touching your heart. and You gave the story about having been kissed by God. For yourself during these 40 days is stop before you go to bed, before you retire, and review the day to see if sometime during that day you were kissed by God. Oh, we all are. We all are, over and over again. Yes, it is, it happens, but the secular culture, the dominant culture that has captured our, our language and our thought patterns such that we miss them. We miss them, they just pass us by and we say, oh, yeah. oh that's good, lucky, Ooh, fortunate. And you see, it takes a Lenten season when you stop at the end of the day and say, When was there a moment during this day 
because there certainly are. There are moments every single day in your life when you are kissed by God. This land, own them, claim them, make them your own. Oh, you might not tell anybody, and that's just fine. But make them your own. And remember those moments you were kissed.